Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. I am so glad that you're tuning in today. We have another great, great, exciting show for you. Before we jump into today's show, I just want to share with you I had the absolute pleasure yesterday of sitting down and having a one on one talk with New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. We were talking about um, the administration supplying an additional $12 million in funding. I'm sorry, not an additional $12 million, Maintaining our level of funding, which currently sits around $12 million, and the possibility of adding additional funding on top of the $12 million to our nonprofit organization and other family success centers throughout the state of New Jersey. So I posted a lot of pictures on Facebook. You can just go to um, facebook.com forward slash Cybrown Morning Show, <laughs> excuse me, and you can also see where I posted the video from the press conference, which showed a montage of uh, some of the families and the conversation and the dialogue. So it was just an honor and a pleasure. And to all of my blue Democrats who had a fit, I can't believe you're sitting with Governor Christie and da da da. You know, at some point we have to learn to work across the aisle and have conversations. I think it would be very unwise to just say, you know, I'm Democrat, you're Republican, and we're not going to talk. I think that's ridiculous and I think it's foolish. And for the record, I'm a registered independent. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to share that because it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I did post the videos and the pictures and stuff. And uh, we're bringing a lot of good programs to the state of New Jersey. So praise God for that. Just want to let you know that the chat room is now open. We have a wonderful guest, Apostle Tanya Blunt, will be joining me in a few minutes. So big shout-out to LaVon, who has already logged into the chat room. And big shout-out to our callers who have already who are dialing in listening to the show. And don't forget, if you miss any portion of today's show, you can check it out through iTunes, or you can just log on to CyBrownMorningShow.com, and you'll hear today's show um, being played. We have a wonderful guest, Apostle Tanya Blunt. She and I um, were co-collaborators on a book many, many years ago, 100 Words of Wisdom for Women, and it was just, it was a it was a great experience. It was great to work with her and share just experiences. But she is an awesome woman of God who has, you know, behind the scenes shared with me her hopes, her dreams for women on the journey of their relationship with God and on their journey of just becoming better people and, and better uses. So it's a pleasure to have her have her join us today. So I'm going to pull her into the show in just a moment. But before I do, I just want to um, respond. I just got hit up in the chat room very, very quickly. I just want to respond. If you missed the show last uh, on Monday about whole life insurance and term life insurance, you can check that out. And Ariel's um, information is online, so you can definitely um, – pull that in. So in the meantime, let me pull Apostle Blunt in on the show, and uh, we'll, we'll keep this conversation moving.
Hi, Apostle Blood. Are you here with us? Yes, I am. How are you? Awesome. I am so glad that you are able to join me today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much for hanging out with everybody on the show. I want to get right into um, just if you could tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you're working on, because I really want to talk about your ministry, domestic violence, um, as well as, you know, just today's topic about hearing from God, so we can go right on in. Okay. Um, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be online uh, be online today. Um, well, I started out, um, you brought me back with the book, 100 Words for Wisdom, <laughs> like so long ago. But I, I started out um, with my first book. Um, I just celebrated the 10th anniversary of Leaving the Wilderness, which was a, um, a fictional account of my story of overcoming domestic violence. And that book... Um, which I didn't think it was going to really do anything, it became um, a national bestseller, and it kind of paved the way for me to become um, known um, throughout um, for domestic, my story, Domestic Violence Survivor, and um, it really paved the way for me becoming an, an, an advocate. And so um, I think that 100 Words for Women um, came out right after that, and since then it's been, um, I've, I've published five books, you know, um, Three Five of them was, books. How yeah, impressive I'm actually is on my that? Six, I'm actually on my sixth book. Um, not all of them was published by me. Some of them were publishers, but this one I'm publishing myself. I have traveled the world um, speaking about my story of overcoming, and I've, um, the Lord has blessed me with the foundation, Leave the Wilderness, um, since 2005, which um, I help battered women and their children. But, of course, now I'm in ministry full-time, and um, so the domestic violence side of my work has kind of been incorporated with my um, ministry and um, in the church because I am um, pastor in a church in Brooklyn. And so what God has really had me doing is really um, attending to the woman, um, getting to the root of um, um, the woman, because what I noticed as I was traveling was really seeing that a lot of women, um, when they get into domestic, allowing themselves to really be victimized in domestic violence over and over again, and it was my same story, they usually have a, a story before they met the person. And oh. uh, uh, many times it's uh, sexual molestation, you know, so many things, incest, um, things that happen from their childhood. So God has been able to really use me as a vessel to really um, attend, to, attend to the woman and get her delivered from the many things that are, keep, that are keeping her prisoner and not really believing her worth and not really believing that she deserves anything better. So I believe that, you know, the ministry is even greater and stronger now because, um, you know, I'm not, it is not Tanya doing the work anymore. It is truly God using me to bless um, women and, and really put them on a path of complete whole healing and really finding their purpose in um, in in what they've experienced. I've, I've ministered several times recently about the purpose in the pit. My favorite scripture is Psalm 40. He brought me out of the horrible pit and he established my steps. That's kind of like my story. And so God is using me to really... Um, really push women and pull out what they have experienced in life and and really get them on a journey of healing and empowerment. And then they turn around and use their story to inspire other women. So it's reach one, teach one. And um, we are sometimes the hardest on each other. And so um, I don't, I used to say I walk in love. I don't walk in love. I am love. And when we are gone, when we are created by God and we really believe in that, um, you know, and we, we profess that 
we um, Jesus Christ is our Savior, etc. We can't walk in anything else. So I believe that is my um, calling right now. Um, really teaching, even not going beyond the gender of female, but really teaching people, period, how to be loved better. Because I believe that that is um, where something has happened in between our childhood and our growing up that we believe that, you know, to be successful, you have to be uh, hard and and aggressive. And so God has been teaching me how to teach others um, that, you know, walking in love does not make you weak. You know, it actually creates opportunities and doors, and it just makes you a better person. How can women begin the process of restoration for themselves, for their soul, whether they've been in a situation of, of a domestic violence situation or not, like what are the steps that women can take to restore themselves? Because um, so many women who may not be in a, an abusive relationship or an abusive marriage, but they may find themselves compromised in other areas. How do we become whole and get out of that pit and come out of the wilderness? I believe that the main thing is identifying what happened to us, not running away from it. Um, you know, um, actually identifying and asking, you know, God to help us go through the process of removing the container. Many of us are so strong. We place all the pain that we have gone through for years and years in this container. We tuck it away. And many times what had happened to me is I couldn't take anymore and I exploded and I suffered from, you know, depression and couldn't get out of bed for months and months and months because my body could no longer contain all the pain. And so we don't want that to happen to us. So the best thing to do is begin to identify with what happened, when did it happen, address it, ask God to be your comforter, to guide you through what went on, and begin to process what you've been through. And the first thing I always teach people is forgive the person that has been the reason for your pain. Many times there is another person involved. You can't have healing without forgiveness. So the first thing we have to do is identify what happened, because a lot of us suppress it. Identify that day. Accept the day. Forgive the person. And then ask God to begin to teach us how to heal from it. And the best healing is writing down this process of journey day one. So whenever you, you know, just write it down, purging, writing is so therapeutic. It really, really changed who I was back then because I just began to write everything I I went on. It's better than sitting on the phone sharing with someone constantly about it and they can't do anything but listen and sometimes carry it to another person. So, you know, bring God in this. Don't allow, don't try to to, uh, heal yourself. Because you, especially the traumatic experience that I have witnessed and that I have experienced and that I've heard over and over again, you can't really walk yourself through it. You you do need, you know, our God to just really walk us through the process of healing. And if you don't have a relationship with him, then this is the perfect time to now seek him. And he will carry you through the, um, the word of God says that he's close to the brokenhearted. That is so true. I've discovered that in, the, in my darkest times when I thought that I could not breathe another breath, there was God. He was there. He carried me through. He taught me how to breathe again. And, and, and then daybreak daybreak came. So remember that he is there with you um, through this time. And if you don't have a relationship, when I, you know, of course, encourage you to begin to seek one. It's the easiest relationship to maintain and to, to enter. All you have to do is ask him to come. 
And um, writing is like the most important thing, I would say. And really finding other groups outside of even, you know, um, your church, if you're going to church. Um, you know, years ago I went to therapy. A lot of us um, people of color don't believe in that. But, you know. Oh, I believe in therapy. Uh, you know, I, I did I it. I did therapy. it for two years. I needed it. You know, I had been through so much trauma. I, I had to um, have someone else teach me how to live again. I had right. to have someone um, someone else teach me how to maintain the pain, and I had to have someone else teach me how to forgive myself for allowing my children to see what they did. You understand? So right. we need we need to um, be, especially in the faith community, we 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 shun our faces to uh, mental health, and we don't believe it's real. But it's more real than than other elements in our body, and we should encourage um, our family members and those that we know that are going through to seek that sort of help as well. I, first of all, I want to just touch on the fact that I believe in therapy, and I think it's foolish, foolish, and I guess maybe a cultural thing about our beliefs in therapy. Um, and if you feel you need it, I, I strongly encourage anybody to seek professional counseling. You know, we are born to live our lives, but I think I think it's foolish for us to believe that God does not live and breathe through other people who can help us on our journey. And if that means it's a therapist, then it's a therapist. I mean, if you want to learn art, you go to an art teacher. If you want to learn how to play football, you go to a football coach. So I think it's not wise for us to not seek professional counseling in those areas should we need it as well. And I would also like to further add the importance of writing things down. You said something so profound that when you share with other people, all you're going to do possibly is is it have that be shared with whoever they know. I, I'm probably not putting it as eloquently as you just stated, but I think it's important that we do write and how important journaling really is. And even when I write books, I don't even write books for myself. Anytime I'm writing a book or, or beginning the, the process of writing a book, it's because I'm seeking an answer to something. So if I'm looking for the information for myself, I'm sure other people would want to have an answer to that question, and it ultimately turns into a book. But it really starts as me writing almost love notes to myself or I'll, or just little notes or thoughts down to myself that eventually turn into a book. So I believe writing and journaling is so incredibly important, and women are such nurturers, and we're, you know, we're so introspective, I believe, that... I think for the most part it would come easy to us, but uh, but for some it's not. So what are some of the roadblocks that people can try to overcome if they want to journal and they want to write and just find that they're unable to do so? Well, I think um, what you just said is we are nurturers, and what happens is um, we put ourselves on the back burner so often. Oof, yes, um, do. I just you know, had the passing of my aunt, who I'm very close with, and she, you know, I was praying for her because she said she was depressed and she had cancer and she wasn't going to the doctor, um, you know. And I believe that God is a great physician. I'm one that will seek him first always. So um, right. not everyone thinks like me. My faith is, you know, crazy big. But for in her case, she did not believe that way. And so she put everyone first. And so she passed away the other day and it oh. could have been prevented because she kept, Tending to the grandchildren and to this person's issues, and she kept canceling her appointments. And it's not crazy because I hear it and do it all the time. I used to treat myself so bad, so poorly. I didn't, I didn't value myself. 
And so I think that we really need to value who God has created us and understand the same person that can carry others. In order for us to carry our families, we need to be healthy. Right. And that means mentally healthy. Because when we crash, it's really severe. Because when we do crash, because we're so strong, it doesn't take a day or two to get through it. It's years to get back into right. a place of peace. You understand? And because so, so many layers. We put on so many layers yes. and layers and layers yes. and layers. And by the time we do crash, the burden is so heavy to be released from. It takes an incredible, It can take an incredibly long time. Yes. For me, it took years. And wow. you know what? I, I was so good at dressing up my pain putting the makeup on, putting the nice clothes on, and hurting so bad inside, bleeding to almost death. And no one reached out because they just assumed I was still superwoman. And um, we have to realize that we are not, we're fragile. You know, God created us to be um, emotional creatures for a reason. That was to nurture others, but because of that, we need to nurture ourselves too. There's nothing, and I mean, we'll do our nails and all of that. I'm not talking about that nurturing. That's good, but there is your there is that heart that we keep open for anyone to get in. We right. don't really take. We don't. We're not good stewards of the heart He created. Wow. We've got to be better and, and 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 understand that everyone doesn't deserve that heart. You know, we have to guard it because, you know, that is the center of our soul. And if someone can get there and break our world internally, then we, you know, there's so much to get back. So put yourself first. Put God first. Put yourself next and understand that you deserve that time. Carve out even half an hour. I'm teaching now. Carve out a half an hour of your day, you know, that's. You know, in the morning, the, the prayers in the morning go, you know, the Bible says seek God early in the morning. Seek him yes. early before the sun come up and spend that time with him. Let him, allow him to restore and replenish you for the day ahead. And in that way, you are really connecting with the, the source, the main source, the power source. And throughout the day, you will really be guided to where what you need to do next to ensure that you are mentally sound and peacefully in spirit because if we if our peace is rocked if we're emotionally um kind of crazy we can't make the wisest decision and we can't heal our bodies can heal themselves when our mind is sound and our and and, and we're we're at a peaceful state but none of that can happen if we are going all over the place so take care of you I uh, my alarm is actually set for four thirty every day. Um wow. So, but you know, I'll get up and you know either pray or you know just kind of get my thoughts together, because I find if I I get the most done by twelve by twelve noon for the most part. My day is I can pack into twelve by twelve noon. What people take two days to do because the and then in the afternoon it's almost like a hit or miss because I could be anywhere. You get a phone call, it changes. But, you know, how do we know if, if we get up and we, we hear what you're saying and we start and we abide by your, by, by your suggestion and what the Bible says actually about getting up early in the morning to pray, how do we know if we're actually hearing from God and getting direction? Is it something that oh, you wow. feel? Is yes. it something that you kind of yes. know? Yes. Or is Genesis, it, you, um, Genesis 1-8 says that he walks the earth in the cool of the morning. The coolest of the morning is... Um, before daybreak, 
the Bible says that he visits us. See, whenever we pray throughout the day, we are seeking God. But the great thing about the morning time is he's visiting us. It's like when you don't get up and pray in the morning, you're, you miss the visitation with your father. And, and some of us are single mothers and know how it is to take a child you know, to visit the Father on a weekly visit. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there and we not showing up? Wow. You know, um, he looks for us. He walks the earth looking for us. And our prayers in the morning are taken on a flight on the wings. The Bible says that our prayers in the morning are taken on wings, so they go shooting up right away when we pray in the morning. And the greatest thing about this is there is a peace and an intimacy that you get when you are with God, that no one can really describe. When I'm in his presence and I'm in a really deep prayer, like this morning I was praying and, and singing. I mean, I begin to sing. Then I know he's here because, I mean, i got so much on my plate, but I'm singing like, oh, all these songs that I've never heard of, languages I don't know. And he just wraps me in his arms. And then there is clarity. You always submit your mind to him before you go into prayer so you can shut out what's on your mind, the, dis- the distractions that would keep you really from getting in his presence. And he speaks to us. A lot of people say, how do you hear God so clearly? God speaks to me in visions. Sometimes I'll just get an open vision. He speaks in dreams. You know, he comes and talks to me all the time. I'll ask him a question, and sometimes all of a sudden I'll feel asleep, and um, I'll take a nap, and God will answer me quickly. He speaks to me in word. I'll say, God, speak to me, and I'll open up my Bible, and the scripture is there. He'll he'll send a prophet that I don't know out of the blue to contact me with the word. So it's not always in the still, small voice. You know, you understand? I think everyone thinks right. that you must hear him in that voice. And that voice is important. This morning he spoke to me, and it's in the voice. It's like it's internal. It's hard to describe. I've heard him audibly once, but if God speaks to you audibly, the, the world would shake because his voice is like thunder, the Bible says. So I've heard the Holy Spirit speak audibly, audibly to me, but internally there's this voice that tells me what to do. But you have to be quiet to hear it. Yeah. And, and I think we have, do you think, do you feel, Pastor, that we've busied ourselves where we're so busy we can't even hear from the Lord? Yes, that is it. We have made um, everything important. Way too much time is being spent on social networking. And I want to encourage people to just take some time out, even if it's a day, and devote that day not for that, so that you can hear God. How in the land? You need a full-time job just to do all the social networks that are in sight to keep up. Really, if you are in any kind of business, um, you know, I'm now getting someone to do it for me because I don't want to take anything away from the time that I have with my God and my Father. This relationship is more important than anything. I just had my world rock several days ago back to back with things, and the only person that is there always is him. And as soon as I go to him, I know he's there. I'll feel a tingling up and down my arm. And this is him saying, I'm here. And he'll begin to speak to me. And then all of a sudden I'm opening up my mouth, and he is singing. And I'm singing, and I don't know what the heck I'm singing because he is singing to soothe me. But we've got to get into that place. I live a life of consecration. You know, not everybody does, but you don't need to live a life of consecration to hear God. You just need to silence the world so that you can hear it. The Holy Spirit is a very gentle person. So all of this craziness doesn't mix with him. You've got to make your 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 room, your place where you seek him, 
um, conducive for him to visit. Everybody right. has a room for visitors, but there rarely are rooms that are prayer rooms set aside for your time with God or a space where God can come in and feel welcoming. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And so um, I've even learned that, you know, I have in my, my space, my prayer room, I have white Christmas lights. I mean, you know, just making it a more intimate, welcoming space. And because of that, people come in my house and they feel God immediately. Immediately, right. because I've made that, I made him first. Everyone else don't count, you know. I've been told that that when people walk into my house, that there's just like this incredible, comforting, yes, peace. Just like they can just go, ah, yes. you know. And it definitely, I can't say that it's, you know, I woke up and said I'm going to create, or I'm going to design this environment. It's just kind of what is. You know, just kind of by by default, maybe because of my energy. I was going to say, feet. oh, my God, when you were talking, I was going to say, Ty, <laughs> your energy is so positive. I that was silly for me to say that, right? <laughs> it is so big and so positive <laughs> that um, he, you, you make it easy to be his vessel. Oh, thank you. You understand? So he's able to take possess. The other day, right. he said, Tanya, I'm going to give you a new song to sing. So he's having me worship, um, create this worship CD. Most of it's in my heavenly language, but this one was English. And he gave me this new song to sing. And some of the lyrics was, possess me, God. This is what he told me to say, possess me. This is what he wants from us. He wants to possess us so that we can hear him. So that we can go on. We don't even, a lot of times, we don't even know the blueprint of our life because we haven't sat down with the one that created us. And, and right. many of us are starting ministries, and I'm saying, whose ministry is that, Satan or God? Because if you have not incorporated God in your blueprint and your plans and he hasn't given you a decay, okay, that is not his kingdom. Right. How can we spend so much time with everything and then forget the main person that has to give you the permission to move forward? So have that time with him. Create time for him. He is the most important person ever. Stop making time when we're sick. Right. And he'll he'll be there. But why wait till then? When he, it's the best relationship in the whole wide world. I Apostle, I'm so happy that you were able to to open my eyes and share things with me that you know you hear with a fresh set of ears. We are now down to the end of the show, but I would love if um, you could possibly come back again very soon, yes. if not even just, you know, really add regular commentary. I just got in the chat room, great show with a host of exclamation uh, marks after wow. it. Your energy is so rich, your love is so pure, and there's so many women that are hurting and abused, whether it's domestic violence or anything else, that that you can share and impart to help them on their journey. So I just want to say thank you to the 10th power because it's really important that we use the show to help and guide and and be uh, a conduit to whatever more is out there for that person's life. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was it, it was an honor, and I want to just thank you for um, allowing me to be a guest. I'm humbled by it. Um, I'm, whenever you want me back on, I am um, in full-time ministry, so I will make time for it, of course. This is definitely God. And um, I just want to close with saying to women, <clears throat> be love. Be love. We um, spend too much time um, not creating positive relationships with each other. 
and competition. And um, I'm going through that even now. And, and there's no reason why me, as a, um, a woman of God who is just sold out to him, should have to endure some of the things I have to. Be love. Walk in it. Be it. And never mind what anyone else is doing. Stay tuned to what God has sent you to do. And I believe without a doubt that the sky is the limit. We say that and we don't really mean it. But I believe and I receive everything that God has said to me because I'm focused on what he has for me, not anyone else. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I think that's a, a perfect way to end the show. I think it, it, it's just a perfect way to to close our final thoughts and to, to send uh, my listeners on their way to, to look at their life differently and to, to shape reshape their perspective of how they move forward for the rest of their day. So thank you so much, my love, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a blessed Always. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I'll see you tomorrow at 11. Peace.